Good day and welcome to another episode of the International News Desk. Whether you are tuning in on SL Podcast at Seattle Today, Apple Podcast, Spotify, Google Play, or Mackie King 96.7 Game Time, welcome to the show. I'm your host, Sean Roberts. But of course, Mr. Kurt Backerfield is with me. How are you, my friend? Good, thanks, Shawnee. How are you doing? I am world class, apart from Man City's diabolical performances, if we can sort of touch on that, I guess. What is it with them, bro? Like, we get in the league and we just can't hold it. We're all over them. It happened against Nottingham Forest the weekend as well. It's just not good enough. I don't know. It feels like there might be something going on behind the scenes. Mm, big time. I, I don't know. It just feels weird watching City at the moment. Um, I, there seems to be like a lack of something, uh, whether it's energy or sort of enthusiasm, whether it's uh, just confidence. I'm not really sure, but it, it does feel like the off-field issues that City are facing yeah. um, could potentially be playing a role. Um, Pep Guardiola seems more stressed than he has, mm. in, you know, in, in in previous months. Um, more stressed than I've seen him since he since he joined City. Um, I don't know. He's had to defend the club a lot, so I yeah. think that you know he will be his his mind will be in other places. Um, I think that he's probably pissed off because there's a chance that he has been lied to behind the scenes yeah there's a chance that the players have been misled so i think that there is probably a lot going on um yeah i find it quite hard to watch city right now sean um, mm. and i don't mean to criticize your club like that but i just find it painfully boring um, and predictable mm. it just feels like there's a lack of like i said a lack of energy a lack of fight um they will still comfortably boss proceedings have all of the ball um, but it just feels like there's there's something missing there at the moment, um, yeah. and I can't quite put my finger on it. Yeah, it's just a lack of creativity and lack of killer instincts. I think. I mean, like you said, we, we're all over the teams. We just cannot finish it off. I don't know what it is. It's it's bizarre. There's talk of uh, Phil Foden not seeing eye to eye with Pep. Um, a lot of players are apparently a little little bit of infighting as well. But but that is very evident on the field, like you said, Kurt. Yeah. Um, look, it's it's expected. Look, Pep. Uh, this is the longest he's ever been at a club, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was what you're seeing now. I think at City was very similar to what you saw in Pep's last season at Barcelona. At Barcelona, it came quicker, but um, you know, after a while, it, w- it was like he wasn't able to get through to the players anymore. Um, the instructions, the the sort of intensity behind those instructions, um, and the training sessions. After a while, I think it just wears a player down. Um, and it, it wears Pep down. Um, in his last season at Barcelona, he was, I don't know if you remember, but he was thin. Um, he wasn't getting any sleep. He just looked like a man who had who had run a long, long race. And it feels like at City, you might be seeing this, the signs of that now. Um, maybe those instructions aren't getting through to the players as easy as they once did. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's not because Pep Guardiola has lost his ability as a manager or because those players have lost their ability as players. But it's just time, you know, they've, they've been together for a long time um, mm. and it's difficult to sustain that over over five, six years, I think. Um, it's very, very difficult to sustain. Yeah, you're right, 100%. But I mean, Pep goes, you know, who on earth would take over? Um, that's another conversation altogether. Let's just touch on probably the, the game of the week, without a doubt, the Liverpool-Real Madrid. Um, incredible scenes, Cody. 
incredible scenes at Anfield. Beautiful scenes. It was amazing. I I remember thinking after 14 minutes when Liverpool scored their second yeah. that uh, you know that's the power of Anfield and that's what Liverpool can do to teams. And in 14 minutes they can just take a tie away from you. Um, and then Vinicius scores the the first goal to to uh, make it 2-1. And I'm thinking, okay, well that's interesting. Then they mm. go into the break at 2-2. And then I think it was within 15 minutes or 20 minutes in the second half, the game was 5-2. Um, and then you're thinking, Liverpool need a massive squad overhaul. Um, Klopp's job security right now isn't looking great. And then you start to question everything about Liverpool. So yeah, it was one of those games that had absolutely everything. Yeah. Some of the goals, I mean, that Vinicius goal, the first one, well, was just amazing. I think, yeah, he's quickly, quickly growing into one of the best wingers in world football and he's just 22 years old mm. um, and he's on course for yet another season of scoring 20 or more goals um, so yeah it's great to see at just 22 years old it's he's, he's really like announcing himself as a true world-class player um, but yeah one of those games that it felt like anything could happen obviously a, a couple of mistakes from the goalkeepers mm. um, Darwin Nunes' early goal that that, that sort of flick finish mm. after that seller ball into the box. No, it was an amazing game. Um, but yeah, that's what Real Madrid can do as well, I guess. Um, last season, we saw it all throughout the Champions League. A lot of comebacks on their way to the final. Um, and it also just seems like Real Madrid have Liverpool's number. Yeah, uh, incredible. And, you know, two mistakes coming from the two players you least expect. Uh, probably two of the best goalkeepers in the world. Frightening mistakes. It's actually... Yeah, it was humorous in a way, I think. Um, let's just touch on Chelsea Dortmund. Graham Potter under severe pressure here, Curti. Yeah, I think so. Um, I think it's looking bad for him. Yeah, I, I've, I've read reports this week that a lot of Chelsea players don't feel inspired by what he's doing at the club. Um, Thiago Silva's wife or girlfriend this week liked a tweet calling him, um, I don't know, something along the lines of a poor coach. So I think that there's a lot happening there behind the scenes as well. Mm. Um, and I don't think it'll be too long before you see um, these these rumours intensify. And I, I think that Chelsea, before the end of the season, will end up replacing him. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. Um, Shall we touch on the big game? I think it's tonight, uh, the Europa League, United versus Barcelona. Could you take us through that? That's, that's, that's huge. And having said that, United are playing some very good football. There could be a win here for them. Yeah, um, when we spoke about this last week, I said mm. that you know I wasn't phased about the results at all at the Camp Nou last week. Um, it, it wasn't something that mattered to me at all because I felt like, you know, I mean, I mean, just enjoying my team, uh, watching my team play football. Mm. It's the most fun I've had as a supporter in a long time. Um, and if we can go to Barcelona and play that well, then I'm, I'm optimistic about the future. So. Ahead of tonight's game, I'm feeling excited. Um, I think that we'll probably have a similar approach to the game. I think that we'll have even more of the ball. Um, and I think that the Old Trafford crowd will be very, very loud um, and try and intimidate Barcelona. But if there's one thing that Barcelona has, it's a lot of poise and a lot of composure. Yeah. And they'll be able to handle that environment. Um, but I think that at home, 
after that performance against the camp uh, against Barcelona at Camp Nou last week. Mm. I'd back United to to take a win and to progress to the next round. I really would. Would you would you would you say United in a way has nothing to lose? I mean, you you said it yourself. You weren't expecting much much at the Camp Nou. Um, hopefully, the United faithful echo your sentiment. But it's it's although it's a big game, there, there is nothing to lose for United. I think as United faithful as yourself, you've got to be so impressed with how they've improved over the last six to eight months, I guess. Yeah, I think that all expectations have been exceeded already. Yeah. Um, so I think that beating Barcelona would be just a huge bonus, but I don't think it's uh, it's it's something that Ten Hag, well, it's definitely not something that Ten Hag's job depends on. Um, you know, already in the cup final of the, uh, the, well, the Carabao Cup final this weekend, which we'll touch on, um, still, you know, in a title race, one could say, mm-hmm. um, still in the FA Cup, so all expectations exceeded. I think that if you had said to a United fan at the start of the season, we'll give you a top four finish, they would have taken that, but in yes. your handoff for that, you know, just a, a Champions League uh, place. Mm. So to be within, um, like I said, a potential title race, we could potentially win a cup this weekend. Um, we're still in the FA Cup. We just played Barcelona sort of off the park on their own home ground. Um, no, it's something that nobody expected. So, yeah, there's there's very little to lose going into tonight's fixture for United. Yeah, 100% agree. Let's stay with United though. Let's move to Sunday. I think the game is uh, the Carabao Cup final. Uh, obviously, Newcastle without their number one, Nick Pope. I don't know if you saw his mistake. I did. <laughs> Good luck. Um, it's just one of those yeah, unlucky suspensions I guess missing a cup final at Wembley he's got to be gutted uh I think United the final to uh, the favorite to win this could you would think yeah I think you would yeah I, I would agree with you I think they are favorites Newcastle have been obviously extremely impressive themselves um for Eddie Howe to to get them to a cup final uh in his first full season in charge is really really good mm-hmm. um I think that's also something that nobody would have expected Obviously, they've had quite a lot of investment and Newcastle are club on the up, but um, they are probably also far ahead of where they they expect it to be. So, yeah, I, w- I would still say United are favourites. I think Nick Pope is a massive loss for Newcastle. Mm. He's had a great season. I think that with him in goal, Newcastle have conceded the fewest goals in the Premier League this season. Mm. Um, but yeah, it's important. I think this is a very important game for United in particular, um, you know, the Carabao Cup isn't the biggest trophy around, but winning trophies early on for a manager, I think, is so important for what it does uh, for the mentality of the, the team um, and for building a, a winning culture. So I think that United really need to win this game. It will be massively, massively disappointing if they don't. Mm. Um, like I said, it's not the biggest trophy, but United haven't won a trophy since, I think, 2017, mm. since Mourinho was in charge. So it's been a very long wait. Um, so to get to this point, United will feel like they need to get over the line. Yeah, so two games in contrast, really. Uh, nothing to lose against Barcelona. Every, everything to lose against Newcastle. You would expect them to win. Um, let's just, I think, swiftly move on to Barcelona. The big news of the week is that Barcelona have met with Lionel Messi's father as speculation for a return heats up, Curti. What is happening? It wasn't long ago, I think maybe two weeks ago, where Messi's dad was seen in Barcelona. Um, and he had journalists at an airport 
uh, ask him about you know his son's potential return and he said that there was no offer on the table mm. and that it was very unlikely that his son would play for Barcelona again. Now that seems to have been completely flipped where reports in Spain have suggested that his dad has actually met with President Joan Laporta and discussed a potential return. Um, apparently the meeting was something that they wanted to keep private. They didn't want anyone finding out about it. But it, it's been leaked. Um, Messi, from what I've read, would be interested in going back to Barcelona. But he does have concerns about how he will be received um, by Barcelona fans. He's worried that he would get whistled. Um, I think he's concerned that his reputation has taken a slight knock in terms of how Barcelona fans view him. Mm -hmm. Because, you know, when he left... Sorry, I almost fell off my chair. When he <laughs> left... Um, there was this sort of campaign by Laporta, which is what soured their relationship. You know, he, he made it seem like Messi should have done more um, to stay at the club. Um, so a lot of Barcelona fans actually turned on him, mm. which is something that would have obviously upset him. But, you know, I said this a while ago to some colleagues, time heals all wounds. And it's been two years since he left now. And I think that if, you know, Messi and, and his dad and Barcelona are mature about things, they'll probably come to an agreement that they can't let things end like they did two years ago and that the story sort of isn't complete. Messi needs to go back to the club for maybe another two seasons, have a proper farewell um, because that's what his legacy sort of at the club deserves. And, you know, we were talking about it recently as well. He has no connection to PSG, the fans. Um, I don't think he, he, he doesn't care less about what PSG do. Um, and about what he wins there. It's just not that important to him. So I think he'll probably want to find that enjoyment for club football again because he's mm. got that with Argentina. Um, so yeah, I think that the only way that this doesn't happen is if it's financially impossible. Um, and, I, and I think that Messi will go to great lengths to try and make this work. I think that Barcelona will do the same. Mm. Xavi has said that the door's open, um, that he's in constant contact with Messi. Messi was just in Barcelona now to meet with Jordi Alba and Busquets um, for a dinner. Those two, of course, are Barcelona's captains. So, you know, it's it's not a coincidence that these meetings are taking place mm. at, with Messi's contract running out in a couple months' time at PSG. Katie, do, do you agree with Laporta's statement in the beginning that um, Messi should have done more to stay? Look, I, I, obviously, I don't know the details and yeah. exactly what he means by that. But Messi, I think the reports from from his camp was that he went, he did absolutely everything he could to stay, um, and that he took all these big these salary cuts um, during the pandemic. He was willing to take an even bigger cut for a new contract. Um, so I think that it's something that Laporta needed to say at the time to sort of save himself um, because what he did was extremely brave, um, getting rid of Messi. You know, he did it for the financial, um, well, sustainability really of the club. Um, but I think that it was important that he said a couple of those things to, to make sure that fans don't turn on him. Yeah. Um, so it was very political from both sides, I think. You know, Messi was obviously going to say that he did everything he could to stay. So was Laporta. Um, you aren't really sure which which side to believe. Um, but like I said, I think after two years, both of the Laporta and Messi will come together and go, you know what, we, we kind of have to do this for the club and for the fans. Let's put our own egos aside. Um, 
and let's do the right thing. Yeah, well, let's hope negotiations flow and that they don't get too messy. <laughs> <laughs> I've never actually heard that pun used before, Sean. Well done. <laughs> Oh, it's just, I'm here all day, Kurt. I'm here all day. Kurt, uh, anything else you'd be keeping our eyes open for over the next seven days that we haven't mentioned? Um, nothing in particular um, comes to mind, Sean. But uh, <laughs> as long as we all just remain good people <laughs> and uh, stay optimistic about the future, we'll be fine. I am extremely optimistic. As long as this podcast goes, I'm optimistic. And that is how we wrap up this episode of the International News Day. So whether you have been listening on SL Podcasts or CZA, Google Play, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or Mike King 96.7's Game Time, thank you again for tuning in. I've been your host, Sean Roberts, and my very good friend, Mr. Kurt Buckerfield. I thank you as usual, and we'll see you same time, same place next week. Shout Shawnee.